in a vision and subsequently in prayer addressed was this that within this five days of waiting on the lord in the beautiful ashes one of the key things that he is going to do in our lives is to deal with the spirit of addiction the spirit of addiction now somebody will say apostle i'm not addicted to certain things you know what addiction is something that you cannot do without it's like you are being pushed towards you are being compelled to do so some of us we have received certain prophetic words hanging over our necks some of us we are born and we are created to become great people we are created to become leaders we are created to do great things but there are certain habits that have gone ahead of time to restrict us that has been like a, 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 an anchor holding us back but tonight we are going to break out of every anchor that has held us down prevented us from going forward these addictions can prevent you from walking into god's divine purpose these addictions can reorient or direct you from the path that you are supposed to be on redirect you towards something that is totally different addictions can shift your focus addictions can cut short the blessings of god addictions can terminate what god has rightfully what established in time for you some people are compelled to a lot of things and tonight he says god is going to give the freedom and the liberty to people to break out of the addictions i decree and i declare over your life wherever you find yourself let the hand of the lord break you out probably your addiction might be addiction to sleeping it is like you don't know what it is but something is compelling you you ought to be functional you ought to be productive but you are not there's something that is causing you to cleave onto something whatever the father god has not planted in you tonight it is checking out of your life in the mighty name of jesus in the mighty name of jesus now without spending much time i want us to open our bibles to the book of isaiah chapter 61 verses 3 isaiah chapter 61 verse 3 in fact, this is the thing that the Lord gave us. I was waiting on him for this program. Isaiah chapter 61 verses 3. And I read. It says, To console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that they may be called the trees of righteousness i decree over your life anyone who is mourning in any way in any form let the lord console you tonight 
as you wait upon the Lord within these five days, anything that has burdened your heart, that has given you this heaviness, let the Lord lift that heaviness and let the Lord give you that spirit of peace. And let praise come out of within you. And let the Lord Almighty grant you a testimony. I decree and I declare upon your life, anyone who has experienced any form of misfortune that has brought about ashes in your life, ashes financially, ashes maritally, ashes in your health, ashes in your academics, ashes in your work with God. Let the Lord by his divine grace step into your life and beautify you. Let the Lord change the garment of shame and let the Lord honor you in the mighty name of Jesus. He said he will give beauty for ashes. It means that whatever that is ashes in your life, God has something that is able to turn that ashes to beauty. I don't care what you have been through. Hear what the Lord is saying. He said, I will give you. I will give you. It is not you, but the Lord Almighty will give you because he has a purpose for you. The Bible says that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and wait and cry unto the Lord, I, the Lord, will heal their land. There might be something that you are going through. There might be some issues that you have fought over the years. But I came with the word of the Lord that there's still hope. God is able. God is able. God is able. He's the same yesterday. He's the same today. He's the same tomorrow and forevermore. He's a God of eternity. And if he says that he is going to beautify your life, he means it. God doesn't look at the things that you are what? Going through. No. He looks at what will come out of what you are going through. He knows that there's a treasure within you. He knows that there's something valuable he has placed within you. You know what? When you look at the precious minerals that we are seeing in the world right now, you just don't chance upon these minerals. Look at gold. Look at bauxite. Look at, I mean, diamonds. These are minerals. These are precious stones that are hidden. And for you to uncover them, you need to have certain high-level advanced machinery to what? To locate where they are. You have to have certain chemical composition to what? Analyze the soil and to identify that indeed this particular location carries something. And at that point, you need to also excavate it and put it through certain processes and go through certain fire, go through certain hard times. And at the end, you get to find the gold, the diamond, and it's purified, it is beautified. It becomes beautiful for people to come from the north, the west, the south and come and purchase it. Your life, according to the will of God, is perfected 
whatever that God has established is good. From the story in Genesis chapter 1, the Bible says that God created the heavens and the earth and everything within it. And the Bible says that it was good in his eyes. So you were created perfect. God saw you perfect. But do you know what? Because of the fall of man, there were certain things that came into what? To shift the original intent of God. So the Bible says that Jesus came as the second Adam to restore us. And the Bible says upon the cross, he said, it is finished. Now, anyone who believes that it is finished, anyone who believes that Jesus came to make a way back to that beautiful glorified life begins to what? Shift from that realm of ashes, that realm where things are meaningless, where things have no value, where your life has no value, where your life has no meaning and purpose, you begin to move from that place and you shift into that kingdom where everything is beautiful, where there's hope, where there's an expected end, where there's a possibility, where it is not dependent on your past, but it's dependent on your relationship or your connection to the master. So the Bible says that God takes the stupid things of this world. He takes the things that, I mean, the world doesn't regard and he makes something out of it. That is why he is God. That is why he is Yahweh. God is a supreme being. He carries all power. He is omnipotent. He is able to take nothing and make something out of it. God will make something out of your life god will make something out of that marriage god will make something out of that career god will make something of that cause that you are doing god will make something out of your life and the world will come and see he said ears have not heard eyes have not seen what the lord is about to do why because he has you at heart because he created you in his image and the image of God is glorified. Hallelujah. So tonight, I want us to focus on something. I want us to focus on something in Matthew chapter 1 verse 1 to 5. I'm just building a case and we'll enter into prayer very soon. Matthew chapter 1 verses 1 to 5. Matthew chapter 1 verses 1 to 5. This is a genealogy of Jesus before Jesus came in. And I want us to highlight a particular name. And we are going to use that as a case study to stand upon it. And we will enforce kingdom decrees. If God has done it for somebody, God can do it for you. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible is a framework. The Bible carries the principles the bible that we hold carries god's inspired word for us to know our past our history our current situation our present and our future what lies ahead of us so some of us maybe we have gone through certain trauma we have been through certain event of life that has cast us fear on us that has placed this garment of shame on you i came to tell you as you hold on to the word of god as the word of god comes to you know this 
the word of God is able to shift you. Wherever you find yourself, it's able to shift you. It gives life. Jesus said the word I speak, they are life and spirit. So as you hear the word, one of the things that the Lord is going to do is going to wash you. Any stain, the word will cleanse you. I decree and I declare any stain upon your life, any markings upon your life that is not glorifying God, that has covered the image of God, that has covered that gold that you are, that has covered that precious gift that you are, that has covered that glorious manifestation that God wants to bring to you or wants to bring out of you. I decree and I declare, let the word, let the water of the word wash you right now. In the name of Jesus. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 1, verses 1 to 5. I read. It says, This is the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, Judah the father of Perez, and Zerah, whose mother was Terma. Perez, the father of Hezron, Hezron, the father of Ram. Now look at this. Ram, the father of Aminadab, Aminadab, the father of Nashon, Nashon, the father of Salmon, Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab, whose mother was Rahab, whose mother was Rahab. Whose mother was Rehab? Whose mother was Rehab? Whose mother was Rehab? And look at this. Boaz begot Obed by Ruth, and Obed begot Jesse, and Jesse begot David, the king. When you go down, you realize that out of the root of Jesse, out of the root of David, came Jesus. We are talking about beautiful ashes. Now, here is a name that popped up. Rahab. Rahab. Why did Rahab find herself there? It took the grace of God to separate a woman by the name Rahab. And let us look at who Rahab is in scriptures. Let us jump to Joshua chapter 2, verses 1. We are going to look at something. Now, God, whenever God does something, He has a generation in mind. Whatever God is doing in your life, He has a generation in mind. You are a nation. In you lies nations. And out of you, nations are blessed. That is why every decision you make is very important. That is why God is very in, interested in everything that happens in your life. Because he knows that if everything goes on well with you, generations will be blessed. God took one, and out of that one, he blessed the entire world. 
God selected Abraham and out of Abraham, he established his covenant. Out of him, he brought forth his blessings. He established his blessings with him. Abraham was an idol worshiper. Abraham was in a land where they were not covenanted with God, but God brought him out. And out of him, we had the seed of testimony. Jesus came out of the loins, out of the genealogy of Abraham. Now, before Jesus came, there was a woman. And this happened when Israelites had come out of captivity, out of bondage. And the Bible says that they came to the land that the Lord had given to them. And whatever that transpired in chapter 2, as, as a result of the acts of God. Now, Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out two men from Acacia Grove to spy secretly, saying, Go, view the land, especially Jericho. So they went and they came to the house of the harlot named Rahab. Look at this. They came into the house of the harlot named Rahab and lodged there. Look at this. The Rahab in Matthew chapter 1 verses 5. The Bible says that she was a harlot. Nothing good comes with that. Per the systems or per the culture, there's no way that the harlot will be recognized. There's no way that there will be hope for the harlot to have a what? A future that people honor and people regard her. The Bible says that the men went there. They went there on an assignment and for some reason, their steps were ordered to the house of the harlot. Tonight, I decree and I declare, let the men who are supposed to bring transformation to your life, let the Lord order their steps to you in the name of Jesus. So the verse 2, and the Bible says, And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, men have come here tonight from the children of Israel to search out the country. So the king of Jericho sent to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you, who have entered your house, for they have come to search out the country. Verse 4. Then the woman took the two men and hid them and said, Yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they came from. And it happened as the gate was being shut when it was dark that the men went out. Where the men went, I don't know. Pursue them quickly, for you may overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof and hidden them with the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order on the roof. Then the men pursued them by the road of Jordan to the forts. And as soon as those who pursued them had gone out, they shut the gates. Verse 8. 
Now before they laid down, she came up to the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land, that the terror of you has fallen on us, and that on all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. I decree and I declare upon your life, let the fear of the Lord fall upon your enemies. Let the fear of the Lord go ahead of you. Wherever your breakthrough is, let the fear of the Lord fall upon them. In the name of Jesus, I decree and I declare, let the Lord God Almighty cause the fear to fall upon people who are supposed to be your enemies and let them strategically fast forward the blessings and the promotions the Lord is bringing to you. Let them assist you and let them orchestrate blessings. Let them orchestrate divine escape for you. I decree and I declare upon somebody tonight under the sound of my voice, wherever you find yourself, the Lord will cause men to fight in your favor. Whatever they have schemed, whatever they have purposed, tonight I decree, let the Lord arise and let the Lord cause them to work together for your good in the name of Jesus. Let's jump to the verse 10. It says, For we have heard now the Lord dried up the waters of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt. And when you did, and what you did to the two kings, the Amorites who were on the other side of Jordan. The verse 11. And as soon as that we heard this, our hearts melted. Neither did there remain any courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven and above and on earth. I decree and I declare upon your life, as you wait upon the Lord your God, let God arise and fight every battle. Let the Lord God Almighty cause your enemies to give up. Let every stubborn issue from today, let it give up. Any power projecting every delay in your life, I decree and I declare by divine authority, as you have found favor in the eyes of the Lord, as you have encountered grace, let there be supernatural release of that judgment. Let it come to still. In the name of Jesus. Now let us look at the verse 12. Now therefore I beg you. This is what Rahab said to the two spies in Jericho. He said, Now therefore I beg you, swear to me by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness, that you also will show kindness to my father's house. And give me a token, a true token. Tonight, somebody, you have received that token. That token that is going to cause you to be exempted. It is the token of the blood. It is the token of God's grace to you. It is the token of God's love to you. Because of his token of his love, because he gave Jesus to you, because you received Jesus, God is going to turn around any hopeless situation around in the name of Jesus. The Bible says that because 
Rahab accepted the men who were covenanted. These two spies were in the covenant of God. They were Israelites. God had covenanted with Israelites because she received them. A harlot receiving men who were what? Ordained by God, who had God on their side. The Bible says because of that act. Because of her act of receiving them, going against her culture, going against her people, putting her life on the line. The Bible says that because of that, she and her household were exempted. She didn't have anything. She was a harlot. The Bible says that, I mean, she was a harlot. Nothing good was associated to that name, Rahab. But upon that encounter, something changed. Jericho was marked for destruction. Jericho was marked for annihilation. But because of her acceptance of the people of God, because she accepted the people that God was bringing to bring destruction, because she did that, God showed her favor. The grace of God located her. Because you have accepted Jesus, there is no way you can stay in the place of darkness. There's no place for you in the place of darkness. The Bible says in Colossians that God, through his son Jesus, redeemed us from the kingdom of darkness. Jericho was the standing block. Jericho was a standing block for Israel. Jericho was a place of confinement. There was a war that has surrounded Rahab. God had a purpose for her to become the offspring, to become the career of the lineage of what? Jesus. To be the one that out of her, God is going to redeem the entire world. But look at this. Jericho had restricted her. Some of us, there's a Jericho in our life. That ashes is a Jericho war that has surrounded you. It took grace for that war to come down. And it took grace for her to be exempted. And I decree by the power of the blood, by the grace of God, let every war fall and let your destiny come out of any restriction. The Bible says that within the war, within the war of Jericho, Rahab was a harlot, was disregarded had no value but the bible says when she encountered these two men and she received them when she had found grace in the eyes of the lord the bible says that when the war came down because she had found grace rahab and her entire household was exempted and the bible says that she was no longer tagged as a what harlot but she became honorable. I decree and I declare upon your life, you will be honorable. Every name that they have tagged you with, that doesn't glorify God, that doesn't reflect the image of God tonight. It is turning around. It is changing. It is turning around. It is changing. 
in the name of Jesus. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 30, verse 31. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 30 to 31. It says, By faith, the walls of Jericho fell. After the people had marched around it seven days, I decree and I declare, that walls of Jericho, preventing you from entering into the season of Anna, let it fall in the name of Jesus. The walls of Jericho had encamped Rahab. It had suppressed Rahab to the name of a harlot. But the Bible says when the wall of Jericho fell, that Rahab became the channel through which the Messiah came. Out of you, testimonies will come out. That wall of Jericho is falling over your life. From tonight, as you wait upon the Lord these five days, I decree any hopeless situation, anything that has kept you in a path of darkness, in a path of impossibility, of promise and fail, let that wall fall in the name of Jesus. The verse 31 of Hebrews chapter 11, it says, By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies in peace, did not perish with those who were disobedient. Look at this. Because she welcomed, it says in John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes will not perish, but have an everlasting life. Do you know what? When there's ashes, when there's ashes, the beauty isn't there. Anything that has come to a point of ashes has lost the beauty. It is the life that brings beauty. So when you look at a human being, when the Spirit of God departs, when the Spirit of God departs, that body ceases to exist. And that is what before Christ we were all. We were all dead. We were all ashes. We were all living in a place where the life of God wasn't there. So we did not have that glory, that glory of God, that glory that brought about that beauty that made us super ordinary. We didn't have it. But the moment that we received Christ, when we received Christ, we entered and we shifted from the place where there was ashes to a place where we had life, that our life was beautified. Then the Bible says that, who is man that you are mindful of? The moment you step into a place where the life of God flows through you, through Jesus, into you, you come to a place where you become the marvel that angels don't even understand you, that people don't understand how you are able to come there. Amen. Amen and amen. So tonight, I just came just with a word. I don't know, but tonight as I was praying, the Lord said, as Rahab was exempted, so am I going to exempt my people? Some of us, we are in certain families and as a result of certain covenants and certain disobedience, that family was marked for destruction. Certain words were released, certain cases were released. And from that time, everything that is to do with finances, 
for some reason it's as if there's this a drag and it is brought down there's a spell there's a there's a curse that is consuming every good thing marriages are being consumed healths are being drained it's as if there's this cancerous cell within your body i don't know why it is but that ash is disappearing so i bring my message to an end the bible says that in joshua chapter 3 verses 5 to 6 in fact to 7 he said and joshua said to the people sanctify yourself for tomorrow the lord will do wonders among you i came to say that as we sanctify ourselves by the blood, by waiting upon the Lord, as we are consecrating ourselves, the Lord will do wonders in your life. The Lord will turn your ashes into beauty. The Lord will turn that hopeless situation around. I decree and I declare upon your life within 24 hours on the morrow let the lord do a wonder in your life let the lord come down and turn things around i speak over your life i prophesy into your family that hopeless situation that cycle let the lord bring an end to it in the name of jesus that pattern that continues in your bloodline let the lord pull that wall of jericho down in the name of jesus Hallelujah. Hallelujah.